coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We pass go and collect 200 coins. That's two extra lives. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. And then on Thursday, we are going to be ranking some toads. Not all the toads, because there's too many of them. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great, Patrick. I uh, have to compliment you on your shirt. Let me paint a picture. Thank you. For the yes, listeners, please. it's like uh, actually, <laughs> I'm going to paint a picture for the listeners, but I uh, like. Um, Are you also going to hurt my feelings? <laughs> no, no, like I'm not. But that's what I'm. That's feelings. what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Where it's like my because my description of a shirt that I like. It, it's it basically it's the reason why you never tell somebody that they look like a celebrity because what sure. if that person doesn't find it flattering, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I mean, don't tell someone they look like Michael Shannon, no matter how much you <laughs> like Michael Shannon. Okay, it's a really cool, like floral Hawaiian print shirt, um, but it's it's blue, which you don't. I feel like you don't see a lot of in these like tropical themed shirts, and I like it a lot. The thing that I like a lot about this shirt is that it is it has like a nice solid background and then a ton of flowers like over it. And I can't there's no like easy place where the pattern repeats or anything Mm -hmm. Um, like it looks as though someone found an actual arrangement of uh, foliage, photographed it in front of a blue background and then made it my shirt. It's very nice. I like it a lot. Thank you. It's soft. Here's okay. Here's my philosophy. Um, and it has been my philosophy for uh, a couple weeks now. It is summer outside, right? Mm-hmm. We are not allowed to go outside. <laughs> so we must make it summer inside. <laughs> and this shirt is living that philosophy. Did you see um, that uh, like news story that was going around that in Japan they've reopened um, a few like amusement parks? But uh, they're asking people to, like, wear masks on rides and stuff like that. But they're also asking people to not scream on roller coasters. And instead, they're asking them to scream inside their hearts. And I feel like that just, like, really sums up uh, 2020. If you would like to scream inside your heart, you can do it by borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is uh, send us an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and include a mailing address where we can scream this thing with our hearts right to you. You can play it for as long as you want. You can send it back. Um, it's still a good program, Mark. And it costs you nothing. Costs you nothing. Yeah, I, I, I send return postage along with it um mark we've got some emails from listeners that i would like to address perfect i love it i love when we get uh, emails from listeners uh first email is uh from arlo arlo writes hello from foggy california my name is 
Arlo, and I am 11. I'm a big fan of your podcast and stuck in quarantine like everyone else right now. Me and my brother saved up $1,100 to buy our Switches. (laughs) It's a lot of money. Uh, uh, To buy our Switches and Ample Games. My question for you is, is it worth buying Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighter Pass DLC? Before quarantine, it was easy for me to, to rake in lots of cash at my father's local farm stand, but now it's become harder because we can't do lemonade stands anymore. I mean, all the DLC fighters look cool and all, but because Super Smash Brothers Ultimate kind of has been in my backlog of video games, considering how I've been tearing through Animal Crossing New Horizons and all. Anyway, I really enjoy Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but I feel the the way to reunite the flame uh, reignite the flame probably uh, with Super Smash Brothers won't be with some new characters with admiration Arlo PS thanks for all you guys do it really lightens my day Arlo obviously Mark and I are very impressed at your ability to save $1,100 <laughs> and buy a couple of switches and some games yeah that's amazing um so Patrick do yes. you think that the fighters passes both of them um are worth the extra money so a short answer no um they are considering how much content they they really they really offer um that the first one is five characters and the second one is six characters and they are 25 and 30 dollars respectively yeah there are more stages yeah there's more music um so like it feels like a lot of content but man, that's a lot of money to pay for just a handful of extra characters. Um, and especially in a game that is already offering you, like, I mean, what are there, like 80 characters in the game? Uh, vanilla with, with yeah, no add-ons? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, 25 for the first one, 30 for the second one. That's almost a whole separate Switch game, like full retail price, $60 Switch game right there. I don't know. I I, I would say if if I was gaming on a budget where... I've got $1,100 to buy two Switches and uh, games for both of them. I don't know that I would spend it on the Fighters Pass. Yeah, I agree with you. So I think the only way that I would see it's worthwhile is if you are like really into Smash Brothers. And with each of those characters, like you intend to like put time into each one. Because look, I, I bought the first Fighters Pass and like it was fun at first as they were coming out. To be like, oh, cool! Like, I'm gonna like check check them out, but I never really did a ton with them. And I think, like, for me, the fun of it is like having them unlock when it unlocks. Like, spending 25 bucks and just like getting all of them, um, yeah. and just having them all, like, to me is not does not sound like that much fun. Um, and I haven't bought the second Fighters Pass. And I don't really intend to. So I vote, I agree with Patrick Arlo. I vote no. Yeah, which is tough because like, I don't know, for, for me, it's such a huge price tag. And it feels, I, I did buy the, the first Fighters Pass. I have not yet purchased the second one. I know that I will. Um, but that's just sort of because I have this Nintendo disease <laughs> and Smash Brothers is one of those games where I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to spend the money to experience the thing uh, in, in its entirety, whether I put the the new characters to good use or not. Um, but like, that is a decision I would advise myself against. Uh, and I, yet I know I'm going to make it. So if I can advise someone else to not make it, I, I would say don't, don't make that decision. Don't do it. Make, I, make not that decision. <laughs> 
Uh, and then, uh, so, uh, th- thank you for writing in, Arlo. Um, and then we have another email from Alex. Alex writes, hello, NCS. Hope you are both doing well. When I listen to podcasts, I like to start from the beginning and listen to every episode. Around a year ago, I started listening to your podcast, and it finally caught up on the latest episode today. Alex, congratulations. That's a lot of listening to us talk. I'm, like, I, I'm very curious. One, like, um, like, yeah, Alex, that is, like, seriously impressive. Uh, two, I wonder if there are people who have like found us towards the beginning and have like stuck with us all this way. Cause I feel like the show has probably changed quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, the hosts are, oh no, the hosts are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, that, that would be interesting. Do we have any like early days listeners, people who've been listening since like the, the teens or like early 20, uh, episode numbers? That would be interesting. Uh, write in. Let us know. Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, Alex continues. Uh, I am emailing you with some questions slash comments. Question slash comment number one. I think Nintendo should sell official Nabbit or Bowser Jr. face coverings that match the video game that match the video games uh, since everyone has to wear masks. Uh, great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Send them out for people who signed up for uh, um, like the, a Nintendo account, right? Let us yeah, use platinum coins. Online? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, please. I need something to use these platinum points on. Uh, question slash comment number two. When, uh, when do you think Dr. Guigi will be added to Dr. Mario World? I'm hoping for my birthday. Maybe it'll actually get me to download Dr. Uh, Mario World again. Um, I don't want to tip our hands uh, too much, but where do you think we would uh, rank Dr. Guigi? <laughs> do you think he's a good doctor or you think he's a bad doctor? So I think he's a bad doctor, but I might pay the copay just to like see what it's like. You know what I mean? Just to, just to touch him, yeah. <laughs> Uh, question slash comment number three. Uh, one of you guys uh, mentioned using Reddit in a recent episode. Do you have a subreddit? Um, we do not have a subreddit. Um, I am also a very passive Reddit user. Um, I, uh, I'm on like the uh, Transformers Reddit um, because I wrote that issue of Transformers. I wanted to see what people were saying about it because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> um, I'm on the Ninja Turtles subreddit for the same reason. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, not, 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 not super deep into Reddit. We do not have one that I know of, um, but if someone wants to start one, uh, I'll happily chime in on that from time to time. Mark, you a Reddit guy? I have, I do not use Reddit. I don't understand Reddit. I admit it. Like, I, it confuses me. It frightens me. Um, you're right to be confused and frightened. Uh, question slash comment number four. You guys made a joke about how Patrick's Animal Crossing recreation of a stadium should be surrounded by cars and traffic. I think you could actually do this if you surrounded it with the throwback race car bed or pocket modern camper and pocket vintage camper variations. Uh, the pocket items with the added benefit of being so little that it would make the stadium look even bigger. This is a great idea. It is a great idea. I love this. Uh, I am 100% going to do it. And so you have to, uh, I'll, I'll line the, the, the race car beds up side by side. So you just have to like roll over a bunch of them <laughs> to, get, to get up to the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, a question slash comment number five. Why don't you guys have ads on your podcast? We, listen, Alex, we would love to sell out. I would desperately love to sell out we did at some point when we had like five listeners it didn't make any sense that's right we we uh did read mac weldon uh ads for a little while and by read them i just 
it, like freestyle talked about. <laughs> um, and maybe we did such a good job that they decided that uh, we should should not be invited back to do it again. I don't know. Um, it's not really something that uh, you and I don't do this podcast to make money. Um, we do it because we like talking to each other and we like talking about Nintendo. Uh, if there was an easy like just a uh, plug and play opportunity for us to like put some ads in here that are still like ads from us talking about stuff and not just like you know, mid-roll stuff inserted. I think we would do it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I, yeah, I, like, yeah. I, would I would love to sell out any opportunity. <laughs> so if you want to hook us up. <laughs> uh, and then question slash comment number six. If you, uh, if in, if in the chance the Sonic Forces game didn't come back to you, would the borrowing program cease to exist or would you have to buy another? Um, I reject yeah, ahead, I reject the premise of the question because the Sonic Forces borrowing program is the perfect program and so it would That's not right. be possible for something to go wrong and if it did that would be the way that the program was supposed to go and we would um ex like we accept anything that happens with the Sonic Forces borrowing program because it is a perfect program. That's right. Uh and there was a period of time when uh, Sonic, when my copy of Sonic Forces went, I don't want to say missing, but there was a period of maybe three or four months where I thought it was going to be coming. It was back a long borrow. It was a long day. borrow. Yeah, it was a long borrow. But the whole time, uh, although I do believe we stopped saying <laughs> we stopped <laughs> we stopped advertising it, which doesn't mean that it didn't exist during that time. Yeah. It did. Um, so yes, the, we are rejecting your premise. Um, I believe in the goodness of human beings to return my copy of Sonic Forces to me, uh, by hook or by crook. Uh, you know, we could, the post office could get shut down, um, and some the, people would find a way to get this copy of Sonic Forces back to me. Um, a Alex also went through and, uh, cataloged, uh, a great many things that we have said in the past, because remember he's listened to all of our episodes, uh, in the last year or so. Um, and, uh, a, a number of things that we have said that have changed in the time since, um, Alex, that is an exhaustive list. I am very impressed with it. Um, I don't always understand what you're saying, but man, uh, we've said a lot of things on this show. <laughs> we have, uh, one, one of the things like we were, I was joking about is like, um, there are a lot of games that I was like, I'm going to buy this and I'll buy it at any price. And then I never buy it. So yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, we have said multiple times on this show and I, I don't think this is the thing that has changed or that, uh, time will prove to be incorrect that we are not experts. We are merely <laughs> fans of, uh, the company and of video games. Uh, so, uh, you know, well, we make a lot of uh, bad predictions. Um, we call things by the wrong name over and over again. We, <laughs> look, I know it's Luigi Dark Moon, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, <laughs> and not Dark of the Moon. That's a Transformers movie. I know that because I'm on the Transformers subreddit. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. One of these days, Mark, I'm going to finish Pick Cross S. Um, I am so near the final puzzles right now. Um, no, no, for, no, no new observations about the game other than, um, you know, I, I love turning my brain off and just solving number puzzles. It's so good. Yeah, I, I want to. Uh, so I have put on pause uh, Murder by Numbers, but that's only because I picked up Paper Mario, the Origami King. But I love having, like, Ever since I rediscovered Murder by Numbers, I'm excited to have that game as kind of like my like go-to game when I need something to like pick up and play. 
Um, so I am liking Paper Mario, the Origami King. It mm, sounds is, qualified. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not not that far into it. So I'm just about to beat like the second boss, the first one that's like attached to a ribbon, and so that it's that's still early in the game, and I'm assuming like things are going to change, and you know, like there will be a lot more. Uh, of the stuff that I like in the game, like, you know, like the fun, like vignettes and everything. It's kind of reminding me of the outer worlds in the sense where like, I think like the overarching game and some of the mechanics, I'm not that crazy about, but uh, like the individual like pieces that I like and like the little vignettes that happen, I find like really enjoyable. And so I'm liking it for that. Um, Probably like the, I one I'm bad at the battle system, like the, the puzzles, Mm. Like yeah. they they put like a time limit on it, and there's a way for you to like uh, buy yourself more time. But I'm just like not very good at like looking at a board, and it's why I've never like really gone into chess because it's really hard for me to just like look at a board and like visually like figure that kind yeah. of stuff out. And um, so like the boss battles, they like they kind of like um flip the mechanic so instead of being in the center trying to change the rings you're like on the outside trying and the rings have like arrows that move you in a certain direction you're using that to like get to the center to attack the boss and like for whatever reason like that i like a lot but the standard um battle method like i it's just not really clicking for me and so it i'm having a hard time like enjoying it i find the battles like really stressful um but the uh uh but like the stuff i like like is the stuff that paper mario is known for right it's like the the fun vignettes the the good writing um the character that tags along with you her, her name's uh olivia i think and she's like the origami king's sister i find i'm at this point finding her like really difficult to like i oh no it, like her writing is fine but she um is just like in that vein of like a Nintendo sidekick who is over helpful. So mm. like probably like the, a really good example is like, so you free this toad uh, in one part of the map. And then he's like, Hey, come back to toad town and I'm going to open up my shop and you can like check it out. And so uh, you go back to eventually whenever you go back to toad town, like uh, you you're at the entrance you see the toad at his shop and he's standing there jumping up and down. And then Olivia goes, isn't there like a toad that you're supposed to like go see? And then literally right after her dialogue closes, the toad says, Hey, it's me, that guy that you were supposed to go see, like uh, come over to my shop. It just, it feels really like handholdy in a way yeah. that I'm not enjoying up front, but Again, I'm only a few hours in, so I'm curious to see how it like evolves as the game continues. Um, yeah, that that's interesting. I I wonder if there's because there will certainly come like a point in the game where like you put it down and you're going back to it and you're like, what the heck was I doing? And then she'll pop up and be like, hey, weren't we supposed to go to the forest? And you're like, thank you. <laughs> um, and I, I I know that uh you know sort of like dynamic signposting like that and um you know like giving the player an opportunity to like search a little bit for themselves before having uh the assistant character be like hey over here um uh is you know maybe if if not like a newer thing than just like sort of a more advanced game design mechanic um but it 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 is look 
there, there, there's a reason that we made fun of Navi going, listen, uh, in uh, Ocarina of Time, 20-whatever uh, years ago. Um, it can be annoying to have someone always telling you which way to go. I, I guess, like, I, I think I'm feeling about this game, which I'm enjoying, kind of maybe the same way that you felt about Color Splash, where it's like, oh, like, you know, it's uh, really colorful and fun, and the writing is clever and interesting. But some of the mechanics just make it feel really like getting in its own way. Um, but again, I'm only a few hours in, and so I'm excited to see how it like evolves. Yeah, and like 100%, that was my experience with Color Splash, where I just wanted to see more of the world. I wanted to see more of the weird characters that were in it. Uh, but then I would have to, you know, like get through this cave and like fight a bunch of battles, and like the battle system's not super fun. And it's like, well, how. You know, how funny is it really going to be to get to this, uh, you know, next village and like talk to a, a, a lazy toad or something? You know, like, is it going to be worth the pain of putting myself through um, a, a sort of overly fussy um, combat system? Um, do you think you're going to stick with it? I do think I'm going to stick with it. I, I So I just got, or I guess not just, but a little while ago, I got a power up. So if I like attack enemies on the field, I don't have to go into the battle because I'm like powerful enough. That it just, you know, oh, like nice. knocks them out. So yeah. that that part is nice. Um, you know, when I'm at the as I make forward progress, obviously I'm not like over leveled enough to do that. Um, and the game is really like uh if you collect coins in from battles and all that kind of stuff, like it's pretty easy to get thousands of coins and then you can spend them in battle to like extend the amount of time you have for the puzzles or to like um you can spend a bunch of coins and like incentivize toads to like give you items or they can attack enemies and like all that kind of stuff so there are ways that it like balances out my the fact that i'm not in love with like the battle system itself um and so yeah and i i'm at least at the point where i like want to keep going because i feel it's a little bit like a donkey kong country tropical freeze where like the first area is probably the most you know like mm -hmm. basic the most le the least interesting and then because i've seen screenshots from later areas and i'm like what is this like i want to get there that's where i want to go so I, I i think i still need to just like break through this first part totally um uh, i've been playing a little bit of as promised uh i did pick up bloodstained curse of the moon 2 um and i have been playing some of that i don't like it as much as the original um, but I don't know if the original just like came at like a time when it did come out before the Castlevania uh, anniversary collection. Um, so like I, I think I probably just didn't have a bunch of like eight bit Castlevania in my life. Um, so having it now feels a little bit less novel, um, but it's still uh, it's still very fun. Um, the new characters are are super cool. Um, there's one who's like a sniper. Um, so he's got like, he got a range weapon that shoots all the way across the screen. Um, there's one that's a corgi in a mech. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's like four times the size of any of the rest of the characters. Um, it's, it's so funny. Like you're playing the rest of the game and you feel like you're playing Castlevania and then you uh, switch to the Corgi and you're like, Oh no, I'm, uh, I'm that section from Mega Man X when he gets inside like a mech, right? <laughs> um, so it's uh it's it's fun. It's not uh it's not like blowing me away, but like you know the the music is good, the graphics are great. Um, it does a really smart thing with the color palette for uh, each of the individual characters because you can change them on the fly. Like as as you're going through 
um, the level and you can just push L and R to like switch between them. Um, and like, um, all of their color palettes are like just unique. So like the, your main guy, uh, Zengetsu, I believe is his name, uh, is like, uh, a nice like brown color. Um, and then there's like a spear girl who's blue. Um, the, uh, the gun guy is green and the corgi is maybe orange, but like you can tell you could like just out of the corner of your eye, like peripheral vision, uh, switch characters and know exactly who you're controlling. Like it's so fast and really helps um, like identify that character's abilities um, immediately. Uh, and it's really, uh, really nice and really fun and really smart. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to uh, see it through the end. I have yet to convince Sarah to play it with me. Um, but some day and someday you and I will play it together, Mark. Yeah, that's right. Cause it has couch co-op, right? It does yeah. have couch co-op. Yes. Um, but not, uh, not online, which is a real missed opportunity. Uh, we would be playing it right now. Um, Mark, do you want to talk about our experiences with ring fit adventure? Uh, how are you doing? I've been off it for too many days at this point. Uh, and I have, I have vowed to go. I'm not working tomorrow because uh, I worked over the weekend. Uh, so I am, I am planning to do it tomorrow, but I, it's been a couple days. Yeah, I, um, I've, I've been doing pretty good with it. Um, but the way I've decided to use it, which, look, I'm not like, <laughs> look, I, I am sure I'm not maximizing uh, my use of Ring Fit Adventure, but I basically just do it until they're like, hey, you want to stop for the day? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too. I do. And that's usually about <laughs> first, like... First time it offers, yeah. <laughs> and that's like usually like 15 or 20 minutes of like exercising. And I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm done for the day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very tired and sweaty <laughs> and my legs are getting sore. The, uh, I, yeah, I, no, I dread the boss battles because they're so long. The boss battles are yeah. so long. <laughs> They're so long. And man, a after I uh, like lost in a fight because I didn't have enough um, smoothies with me, um, I, that, that's so demoralizing. Because like, <laughs> you still did the work. You're still tired. Like When you die in a normal RPG, you're like, oh, I'll just try it again. Or I'll just go to the store. But like this, I'm like, no, I've already expended my like actual <laughs> physical real world energy. I can't do it again until a couple days have passed. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So I would rank this as like a quieter week for new releases. Um, today, that's what I. Today, July 21st, Panzer Paladin is released on the Switch eShop. Yeah, have you seen any uh, like video or stills of this? I don't think so. Um, it's a cool looking like side scrolling uh platformer slash shooter where you're like rolling around in a mech. Um it just has a, a really nice um it like eight bit pixel art style to it. Um and I, I neglected to uh check out the price of this thing, but if it's like a, a ten or fifteen dollar purchase, like I'm definitely gonna get it. It feels like it's right up my alley. Um and I'll report back on it next week. So it is twenty bucks. No, past the threshold <laughs> that I said I would buy it, no problem. And then on Thursday, July 23rd, uh, Crisis Remastered is released on Switch. Um, kind of had like a weird, if you had been following the like Crisis Remastered release saga a little bit. So I think footage, it was not officially announced. Footage leaked. People were kind of like upset by the quality of the footage. And so even before it had been officially announced, 
um, they came out and were like, we're going to delay the release. Of, hey, this thing is real, and we're going to delay the release of it um, to do like a little didn't bit. They, didn't they delay the release of the trailer as well? Yeah, possibly. Like the trailer yeah. leaked, and then they delayed <laughs> the release of the trailer yeah. to get the engine working better. Some, some, some crazy like that. And so then they were, they were like, they delayed all of it, but then uh, like a week or so after they delayed everything, they were like, the Nintendo Switch version is still going to come out um, on the original release date, which w- was July twenty third, which is this Thursday, which is when it's coming out. And I think the reason they did it is because basically, like, no, when people saw the Switch footage, like. Nobody really had anything bad to say about it. They were like, oh, that actually looks like pretty good for Nintendo Switch. Um, and so I think it's like the PS4 and the Xbox One versions that are getting a little bit more work. Crisis is a series like I've never played before. Um, it ranks up there with like Metro for me, where it is something that I'm like interested in. And I think if I sat down and played it, I would probably enjoy it. But um, I just am, look, I'm when doom eternal comes out i'm going to i plan on buying it so take what i'm about to say for what it's worth which is not very much but like there's just uh something about like these like metro and like crisis games that are so like gun and like combat focused that it's i don't know i have found that as i get older i have a harder time getting into those types of games yeah and yeah i mean you you know that that's been my stance uh just kind of in life lately but also uh, on on the show for the last couple of years. Uh, but also, I gleefully played um, The Last of Us Part Two, which is uh, you know one of the more violent experiences I've had in my life, um, and is full of guns and and stuff too. But you know, it's a uh, it's kind of just the um, there there are either thoughtful or funny applications of of it that I I think do work. Um, uh, but yeah, engaging in something you know like Crisis uh, fe- just feels different for whatever reason. Um, okay, those are the new releases. Mark, let's close this segment out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, last week we talked about uh, what we've been watching in quarantine um, I think now we want to talk about what we've been eating in quarantine. Um, and also, uh, do do you think, I, I don't really have a gauge for this. Um, do you think we talk about uh, quarantine a lot on this show or not a lot? I, that's, uh, I have no idea. Um, um, we, we, uh, the, this, this weekend, Sarah and I met our friend um, Ryan in a park, uh, kept a very, healthy distance from her the the whole time uh we each brought our own like separate food and uh, we're on separate blankets um and you know we talked about a bunch of stuff but we spent probably 80 percent of the time talking about coronavirus right (laughs) um and i feel like that that is most of my non-ncs interactions um like real conversations is just like talking about how we're surviving this uh and so i just I, i thought maybe uh we're sort of not that we're avoiding talking about it on this show, but we've got like an agenda, right? Um, uh, and so now, like, uh, let, how 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 have you been eating during during coronavirus? Yeah, uh, well, one thing that I will be interested to see whenever 
you know, like things return to a more like standard version of normal, what my husband and I's habits change to because one thing that's been like interesting and also nice, like we've been lucky enough to be able to um, work from home during this whole thing. But, you know, like we eat, eat also eat our meals at home like way more than we did before because we're not commuting. And so there's just like a lot more time. But that means that we're like saving a lot of money. And that's nice. Yeah. You realize like how much money you're like spending by eat, like eating out way more than we do now. Um, but and yeah, so, two two people eating lunch during the workday, uh, that's like twenty five thirty dollars. Like, it's yeah. a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see like what. And I mean, look, just personally, you know, like I, do, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm not like the kind of like bring my lunch from home type person. But after this, like, I can totally see myself becoming hopefully. Like that, like do like doing that sort of thing because it, I don't know. I've yeah. just gotten like more used to it. I was definitely very like spoiled before, um, and it's just, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how m- much of that, how long these like changes will be, or if it will like quickly go back to old habits. Yeah, I mean, one one of the things I know that has made like lunch for us very easy is that, um you know, uh, around noon, one of us will be busy doing something and the other one will be like, oh, I'm getting kind of hungry and then make lunch for both of us. Um, and so like, that'll either be me or that'll be her. And, you know, it's lunch. So it like, it's fast and easy. Like we're making a salad or some sandwiches or something. Um, and it means that, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I've, I've had like a satisfying homemade lunch every day of this, um, which, yeah, it makes me feel like I don't I don't ever want to go back to <laughs> to uh, you know, having to figure out like who's running running to Chipotle or whatever. Yeah, my I I've again, it's super lucky cuz my husband is like he's a really good cook. He knows how to like, you know, take different ingredients and like put a meal together. And uh if it, if the roles were reversed, like if it, it was my job to do that, like we would be in so much trouble because I like, I just don't think about food that much. And so, you know, like, I'm not very good at planning. I don't want to, like, think about in the morning what I'm going to have for, like, dinner. Because it's, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I, and so I'm really bad at that. Um, And so I am so grateful that he's, like, great. Like, uh, he puts up with me being, like, I don't know. Like, how am I supposed to know what I want for dinner? It's, you know, like, <laughs> noon. Yeah, you just, like, you just make a decision. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, uh, I'm. I'm not necessarily the same way. Like I, I can plan uh, ahead a little bit, um, but early in uh, the the lockdown, uh, it became clear that Sarah really liked the planning and uh, like felt like. Oh, I guess, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> uh, no, I'll I'll finish that little anecdote. Uh, just that she got like some, uh, you know, felt some semblance of control in uh, doing like the meal planning and uh, like the grocery shopping uh, and, and stuff like that. So like I just seeded it to her really early was like, all right, great. That's what you do. Um, I, I won't get in the way of it. You can ask me questions if you want, but I won't like tell you how or when or what to do here. Um, and it's, uh, it's been great as soon as I realized that that's what I need to do. <laughs> we were accompanied today by pianist Armin Fuchs. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. 
So late Sunday night, Nintendo announced a Nintendo Direct Mini um, focused on announced games from partner publishers and developers that happened yesterday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So they specifically called this like a new type of Nintendo Direct. It's a Nintendo Direct Mini partner showcase that they say this is only the first of ones that will be coming um, in the future. Let's talk about expectation setting because this thing is perfect. Um, <laughs> because Nintendo is like, okay, A, it's a mini direct. B, it's only about announced games. Don't expect any non announced games. And it's from our partner publishers and developers. No first party, no surprises. <laughs> like, yeah. And I love it. And I think, I'm not sure if Nintendo of America but or one of the other accounts were just like, and it's 10 minutes. Like, this is <laughs> right. Like, uh, it's it and it, i don't even know it's a weird presentation like it's a weird grab bag of like stuff that yeah, you're talking it really about is. um so first it starts off with cadence of hyrule crypt of the necrodancer um which is an indie game that was released last year and uh yesterday morning they announced that it's getting three dlc packs the first one is characters which includes uh impa aria which is cadence's grandmother and maybe a totally new character I did. I went to the Zelda wiki to find out if she is a character from some other game. And the, the Zelda wiki, which is normally uh, has exhaustive character descriptions on everyone, uh, just said that she is uh, Cadence's grandmother. So I think she's got to be new gotcha. to this. And then uh, you get Shadow Link and also Sha Shadow Zelda and Frederick, which is a merchant from uh, the game Cadence of Hyrule. And so that one is six bucks and is available now. They also have DLC Pack 2, which is Melodies. It's 39 new pieces of music, including remixes of the game's background music. This one's also 6 bucks and will be releasing before the end of October. And then the third one is called Symphony of the Mask, where you can play as Skull Kid. Um, the mask changed like, ab your abilities, has new map, new music. This one is $10 and also will be releasing before the end of October. Or you can get the Season Pass which is currently 15 bucks. You'll get all three plus bonus costumes for Link and Zelda. Uh, and that is a, uh, a, a very good deal if you were thinking about buying it, it piecemeal, because otherwise it's, what, six, 22 bucks? Like, you're, you're saving $8 by uh, buying the, or $7, rather, um, by buying the season pass. So there also is going to be a physical edition, um, the complete edition, which has all the DLC, it will be available October 23rd for $39.99 um, on the eShop and physically. So logically speaking, that means that the DLC packs must be coming out not just before the end of October, but before October <laughs> 23rd, right? That's a, that's a really great point. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> Um, also, look, I don't mean to be a, a pedantic weirdo, but the game Cadence of Hyrule is $24.99 on the eShop, so you can buy it and the DLC pack for $14.99. That saves you a whole penny <laughs> off the $39.99 price point uh, of the complete package. Yeah. And so I... save, save yourself the penny. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, up next, and look, I... Try not to be one of those fans, but I totally was. Where, like, when I was watching um, the mini direct, I was like looking at that progress bar going, and I was like, okay, we spent like two and a half minutes on Cadence of Hyrule. Um, that was a long time. So, next was Rogue Company, which is um, like, uh, like a Fortnite type game. I totally blanked on what this type of game is called. 
a, a, a Royale. Battle, Battle Royale. Royale. Like, yeah. Uh, so R- Rogue Company, uh, it introduced the trailer introduced a new character, um, Glitch, and they also announced that the game is going to have crossplay and cross save support from day one. On Switch, it'll include motion assisted aiming. And the game launched shortly after the Direct in early access. So there's three different versions that you can purchase on the eShop. The first one starts at 15 bucks. The most expensive one is $60. Um, they all give you like access to the, um, to the beta, or I guess just like early access, plus some additional, you know, like uh, downloadables. But um, yeah, so you can get in at 15 bucks. I think the middle tier one is like 30, and then the most expensive one is uh, the full 60 bucks. So, uh, does does Rogue Company do anything for you? Um, no, not really. Uh, although I'm interested to know what like differentiates it from like uh, PUBG or like a Fortnite. Um, I think it's possible that it is less. Look, here's the thing. We're uh, obviously we're not super well uh, informed on this one. I think it may in fact be a uh, a little bit more like a hero shooter type and less of a uh, battle royale that it, uh, four four versus four like battlefield. Oh, um, gotcha. Of, uh, more like, like an Overwatch than a Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Possibly. Um, also, maybe that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so after Rogue Company, um, we got a little bit of WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which this is not a reveal, right? I feel like this. We are everybody already knew this game existed. Yeah, no, nothing in this is a. Is <laughs> oh, that's a right. That was reveal, their whole right? thing. Yeah, All, only announced games. I, I think one one of the announcements coming up, I think, is uh, probably actually a, a, a reveal. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, 2K Battlegrounds was. Well, I guess like the thing I don't understand about this trailer is what we didn't seem to get any new information. It was just like a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And and some some uh, professional wrestlers playing the professional wrestling game. Um, it's got uh, legends and current superstars in there. So someone is playing Andre the Giant. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I was tracking that this game has like a kind of um, like chibi cartoony art style to it. Um, but like it looks real stupid and kind of fun. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm not I'm not someone who is into wrestling, uh, generally speaking. But I think that if I was, this would be the kind of wrestling game that I would actually want to play instead of the sort of like, you know, more uh, like photorealistic sim kind of uh yeah it kind of seems like nba jam but for or like nba playgrounds but for um uh wwe the i i totally have quarantine brain because all i could think during this trailer was like when was this filmed how are these people sitting so close together like oh yeah is this really old were they like cg'd in place (laughs) like what's going on well wrestling is uh happening right oh yeah no that's a good point the performers, the wrestling performers are tested like every day um, and are sort of like quarantined together. So they probably were able to just jam a bunch of them uh, <laughs> into the room together and, and uh, film them. Uh, and then I would say that this is probably the most, well, actually one of these has to have been, a re- I think was a reveal, but was probably the most exciting part, even, it's a, even though it's a series I've never played. It's at least a series <laughs> I was familiar with. We got a... I think reveal of Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne 
uh, HD remake. Now, I think Shimigami May Tensei 3 is a 3DS game um, that is now being brought to the Switch, and that that'll release spring 2021 in the U.S. It's coming out in Japan this October. And then we finally got a trailer, a new trailer for Shimigami May Tensei 5, which is a game that was uh, teased with a short teaser all the way back in the January 2017 like Switch reveal, which we talked about just a couple of weeks ago. And the trailer at the end, they showed that it'll be a simultaneous global release when it releases in 2021, which is kind of crazy for like a big Atlas RPG. Yeah, to- I mean, it, it really is like, um, especially considering, uh, like, I, I wonder what it is about this game that made them uh, push to make it a worldwide re- uh, simultaneous release um, when Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal were not uh, worldwide releases. Um, Persona is a much bigger series, I think, uh, at least it certainly is in, in the West than uh, Shimigami Tensei. And just like by install base, the PlayStation 4 is bigger than the Switch. So, like, uh, it's just it it's it's a it's a very interesting move, and I wonder why it hasn't it isn't something that Atlas has pushed for before. Yeah, and maybe one maybe there's like Nintendo is helping out in some respect. Yeah, could and, be. And two, maybe it is like so. Uh, Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, but I'm wondering if this is like Atlas's attempt to position uh, the original series Shin Megami Tensei as like a you know like as big a deal as persona is like to try to get it bigger in the west do you think it has a shot at that though because like watching the trailers for shimigami tensei uh three and five um they lack that very like uh you know anime kids in school totally in, in in the 21st century like style um that the persona games have like you know part part of the hook for those games is that it's like magical mystical stuff happening in like the real world that's like happening to kids and it's they're cool um and, and all of that and like the cool factor seems so notably absent from the Shimigami Tensei trailers. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think the reason Persona probably took off here is because like it has those um tropes of like yeah, like it's kids and they're in high school and so you have like all of that stuff which people like and uh are familiar with because of from like anime in general. I think that's like a great like hook in a way into those games that it seems like Shimigami Tensei has never had. And there's nothing in it. This, these games seem super dark, <laughs> like even more yeah. so than like the persona games. Like there's nothing in either trailer that's like, Oh, this seems like a good time. Yeah, I believe the description for both of these games included the word post-apocalyptic. So like <laughs> or or just apocalyptic. Like I think yeah. the Shimigami Tensei games are living through the end of the world. Yeah. Which is fine. We all are. <laughs> um so, you know, <laughs> maybe it'll be really cool and fun. But like I mentioned at the beginning, that like Nintendo is saying that this new partner showcase format is something that they'll continue going forward and that we can expect to see more of them this year. Patrick, what do you think? I it's like kind of like a weird old direct. It is it is a weird old direct. Um I I got to say, 
you know, I, I said that they set expectations appropriately. Um, and they set expectations appropriately like 10 hours before they were like, it was late on Sunday when, when they finally, uh, you know, tweeted about this thing. Uh, and then it came out, you know, early Monday morning, um, which is maybe the way they should always be doing these things. Uh, no matter how big the direct is, uh, we don't need two days to just like sit here and go like, oh, what's it going to be? Because uh, it's never going to be what we think it is. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. There, there, there isn't anything in this specific uh, direct mini that uh, speaks to me or gets me excited. There was a second where I was like, oh, should I get into uh, uh, Crypto the Necrodancer? Um, and you know, that's still something that's rolling around in my head now, especially since I found out that Panzer, uh, Paladin is $20 and not 15 or 10, like I had hoped. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what, 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 what do you think about this as a, as a method for rolling out like third party announcements? Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's fine. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think the general air, um, of disappointment it's just because, you know, we don't know anything about Nintendo, the rest of Nintendo's 2020. And um, I... Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to have that conversation, let's have that conversation. I mean, it's... Uh, we... we uh, Paper Mario has come out. Um, I think... I believe the only Nintendo published game that we know about that's going to come out this year is Pokemon Snap. Uh, we don't know. We don't know that that's coming out this year. I think the only one that has right. a date that's Nintendo published in uh, the U.S. anyways is uh, Bravely Default Two, which is yeah, good point. Is like 2020. Um, so I I I think it's well documented at this point that you know COVID nineteen has totally thrown like Nintendo's plans um to the wind a little bit or at least like made them uh reevaluate when things were going to release uh there of course have been like rumors of some remake or remasters of 3d mario games um for mario brothers 35th anniversary um i personally believe that in addition to those there is probably like one like holiday title that's coming I don't know what that is. Like maybe it is the also rumored um Pikmin, you know, 3 remake or deluxe or the uh um Super Mario 3D World coming to Switch. But I feel like we let's say that the 3D Mario remakes are coming out in September or October for the Mario 35th anniversary. Like I think it's super possible at this point that we just get a um like Paper Mario type reveal like six weeks out yeah yeah to like the very last possible second before like it'll leak because they're shipping it to uh, retailers and stuff um yeah it's it's tough um i i think that you know like you say nintendo's obviously been affected by um covid19 and uh the state of emergency in japan and just having to work from home which is not you know a, a normal part of like japanese business practices um but I think it has made them uh, like really gun shy to announce anything, uh, probably in a way that's to their detriment. Um, like, I mean, honestly, looking at the entirety of like the the video game uh, space uh, altogether, now that we're on the other side of Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, um, it well, yeah, it feels like there's a big empty field here between now and the next generation consoles. And I'm kind of looping um, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 
in with the new consoles because I think that's all basically going to happen at the exact same time. Um, but that leaves, you know, all of uh, August, uh, September and October as just like, you know, wide open. I don't know what people are going to be playing during this during this time. Yeah, it's interesting because clearly they were planning on having an E3 presentation that was similar mm-hmm. to ones that they'd had in the past. And, um, you know, th- we have, we've talked about comments that were made at like the, uh, the shareholders meeting where, you know, they, uh, they talked, Nintendo leadership talked about how all the games that they had planned for the fiscal year, which mean are going to make the fiscal year. That doesn't mean that they're going to be coming out when they thought they were going to, but that right now, everything that they thought was going to release by the end of March 2021, they're still planning on releasing by the end of March 2021. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that it is a little bit to their detriment. I don't know. The, this is the part where it's like, how much is the internet echo chamber and how much of it is actually like true? Because, right, like they, uh, Animal Crossing, like if you look at the sales numbers, everything is going like great right so like i don't know how much the general population knows or cares um and so maybe like six weeks four weeks like that sort of like notice for a big game is really like all they need um but just like you know as fans we obviously are like super interested and excited for like whatever's coming next and so but yeah i don't know how far that goes to like the general public yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, certainly as far as like the general public is concerned, but also like I don't know, the the this summer has been such a um the the games coming out of Sony first party right now or that Sony's releasing for PlayStation exclusively, The Last of Us Ghost of Tsushima, um and to a much lesser extent like Iron Man VR are like all big enough titles that are taking up a lot of oxygen that like maybe it is best to just like kind of stay out of the way. Um, and you know, there, there will be a, a, I, I still think we are only a couple days or a couple weeks away from like a Nintendo direct that does reveal, um, something more about what, what we'll be play, playing on switch, um, towards the end of the year. Um, but like, yeah, maybe, maybe the summer was just a, a, a good place to let, uh, Sony set off that bomb and everyone else just get out of the way. Yeah, it, I, I'm just super curious to see how it all plays out. I hate to do too much prognosticating on this show, only because, like you were saying, like by the time we release this, they could put out another video that just totally, you know, like lays it all out there. So it, it's difficult to know. Um, we also also don't want to prognosticate too much because uh, Alex is keeping track. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it does seem like Nintendo, right? Like. Uh, look, it could totally turn out to be that these the rumors of these Mario 3D games being remastered or remade is totally not true. Um, but it does seem like something is happening for Mario's 35th anniversary, even if we haven't had Nintendo talk about it that much yet. Um, so uh, last week, Hasbro announced new Mario versions of Monopoly and Jenga that are like celebrations of Mario. Um, Monopoly Super Mario Celebration Edition includes locations from the Super Mario games from the original all the way to modern day. And it has like an electronic question block that they say can like using it can change a player's luck. And then, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> and then I don't, I wonder I if mean, it is, replaces, is just, replaces like, like community like, chest. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. 
you're gonna hit it and win second prize in the beauty contest. <laughs> um, and then Jenga Super Mario Edition. Uh, uh, the description is, quote, spin the spinner to find out the next move, how many layers to climb, how many blocks to remove and stack, whether to collect coins or whether the game will reverse directions. It's a battle to the top as players move their own pegs up and their opponent's pegs down, all while trying not to make the tower crash. Now, Mark, I don't want to sound like too much of a Luddite here, but there is only one variation of Jenga that I like, and that is giant Jenga. <laughs> I want enormous pieces and where the game is so big you can only play it on a picnic table, probably at a brew pub or something. <laughs> Generally, uh, I, don't, I don't want a lot of extra rules with, with my Jenga. Yeah, I, I've never really played... I don't even know if I've played like the real rules of Jenga. It's always just been kind of like set the tower up and then um take turns trying to poke like the different like logs out that's it like i don't that's, I don't, that's the yeah. rules of jenga but maybe i would really like um jenga super mario edition i felt like i had to quote the description word for word um just because i don't know that i could try to like paraphrase that exactly no it's i mean it seems like it's just a you spin a spinner and then it puts restrictions on what blocks you can and cannot pull out um but like you're pretty much restricted by how the tower is leaning anyway Right? Like, I feel like at any point in a game of Jenga, there's one or two good moves, and that's it. <laughs> um, my, uh, my favorite game of Jenga that I ever played, and then you can tell me yours, <laughs> uh, was uh, at E3 uh, two years ago. Um, Chris Bermonti and I were at the uh, Devolver Digital, um, like, uh, it, they had like a, a barbecue space outside. Um, and they had set up a, a a giant Jenga, like big big pieces, right? Like where the pieces are like a foot long. Um, and uh, we had had enough of the show floor, and we got some free beer and some free uh, veggie sausages, and uh, played giant Jenga and got to know each other, and it was great. Yeah, and we're bonded for life now. That sounds really nice. It was very nice. <laughs> Uh, VideoGameChronicle.com published an interview with Kensuke Tanabe, who's the uh, producer from EPD of Paper Mario The Origami King. Masahiko uh, Nagaya from Intelligent Systems, who's the director on the game. And then Raiza Tabata, who is the assistant producer from EB EPD. And uh, they talked about Paper Mario The Origami King. And uh, in the interview, I was reminded that Paper Mario series is 20 years old this year. Yeah. Um, and they also mentioned in the interview how members of the development team for Origami King have been working on the series since the beginning, um, which uh, the whole interview is really good. But I think that kind of like they talk about it a little bit, but it made me appreciate why it's like, yeah, like I can understand why you would want to continue to try to do new things with each of these games because you're probably spending like three or four at least years of your life working on this and you've been doing it for like it's something you have been working on for 20 years like i can totally understand why you are interested in exploring like different facets of this idea yeah i mean and just because we've only changed one aspect of our show one time i've <laughs> been doing it for four years doesn't mean we don't want to shake the whole thing up and uh you know totally change the combat system um one item that from this interview that has been getting a lot of uh like coverage is about the use of Mario characters in the game. And so I'm going to read the question as it was posed and then the answer. So the question was, Mario is famous for its iconic cast of villains. Can you talk about the new villain in this game and how you design a character to stand alongside all-time greats like Bowser and Kamek? And Tanabe responds saying, 
Since Paper Mario Sticker Star, it's no longer possible to modify Mario characters or to create original characters that touch on the Mario universe. That means that if we aren't using Mario characters for bosses, we need to create original characters with the designs that don't involve the Mario universe at all, like we've done with uh, Ollie and the stationary bosses. So, what people have been like, um, commenting on and is like using this kind of as an example like you know um the early paper mario games and everybody's favorite the thousand year door like the care like there are like toads and goombas and like uh like a yoshi character and like all this kind of stuff that are like they have a lot of personality and they are like differentiated like they are different versus the later games in the series including origami king where you just have like a, a lot of like generic toads and their dialogue may be funny but the toads themselves are just like toads um and i think it's like an interesting difference and i wonder where like it seems like that that mandate or like that that structure probably came from nintendo and i'm just curious your thoughts on like why you think maybe like that is yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder if it's uh just a little bit of not wanting the I'm going to mess up the metaphor here, but not not wanting the No, in fact, I'm I'm so afraid of messing up the metaphor. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> um, but uh not really not wanting the Paper Mario uh cart to be driving the rest of the Mario train, right? So like if they're making uh you know new unique goomba characters that uh you know this one has a beard and like wears a flannel shirt um and his name is tom and he likes um you know knitting um that like do we have to see tom in the next do we need to see uh dr goomba tom do we need to see um uh, tom in a uh, mario kart game um like i i wonder if they're like no here are the characters that you have to choose from do these characters or do something new that is part of like the paper mario universe that sort of makes sense to me um that they're saying that we can uh, uh it's no longer possible to modify mario characters or to create original characters that touch on the mario universe that sort of makes sense to me they it's it's not what it's wanting to make it so that the tail is not wagging the dog. There it is. I got to it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's like a um, Kingdom Hearts type thing, right? Where they're like, look, you have uh, the Square Enix created characters that you can do anything you want with. And then there's these Disney characters. And these had like really strict rules because they exist in like a different universe. And so you have to respect those rules of like the Disney characters. If like a similar thing is happening with paper mario where it's like you are playing in the paper in like the mario universe but like you the things that you really have a ton of control over are um like the things that you create for yourself the piece that i i don't know like i think you there is a valid argument both ways like in brand integrity or like preserving what makes mario special um but also it's like i don't know if there's necessarily a ton of harm in 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 my mind, in introducing, you know, that, like, uh, Goomba Tom, and then people really like him, then it's like, yeah, like, sure, he can be a racer in Mario Kart. Like, you know, like, why not? That's, like, a fun Easter egg that's, like, expanding um, the the universe of Mario. Like, it, it opens up the possibilities. Is just, like, another way of looking at it. 
Yeah, well, and I, I wonder if, like, that is still, like, something that is available to them. It's just, uh, like, the process of, like, going back and forth with, um, you know, Nintendo proper about it is to, uh, you know, like, it, maybe there's too much red tape. Not that they can't do it. It just takes more time than they want to or more money than they can spend, you know, um, to, to go through that process. Like, I, 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 I can concede that that's, that that is a, a bummer, right? Like. Um, I like when, um, uh, you know, individual toads have, uh, personalities or jobs or, uh, whatever. Um, but I also think that there's a, there's a way to, uh, you know, build out the Paper Mario universe specifically, uh, in a way where, you know, the Paper Mario specifics are the things that are carrying over from one game to the the next and not just the generic Mario. Like if they're not going to let you mess with toad, like go mess with a shy guy. Like there's, there's something else you can mess with or like make your own stable of characters that you can mess with. I also wonder, right? Like, um, what I don't want to do is like, um, prescribe too much meaning to this particular quote because who knows right like really what's going on or like um uh to not like we might be assigning meaning to this that like tanabe's like no that's not like really what's going on but but that being said i do think it's interesting like to think about like where that line is drawn within nintendo because like guiji can exist in a in you know like um uh uh, Luigi's, Luigi's mansion. mansion and I was gonna talk I was gonna call it Hotel Luigi in Luigi's Mansion but right so it's like so it's like so clearly like a new things can exist but where they come from that's where it feels like to me it's like I there's obviously more going on than what you know we're all reading into this one quote is it possible that Tanabe is also confused by the question because I'm going to push back a little bit on the premise of the question. The question reads, Mario is famous for its iconic cast of villains. Mark, true or false? <laughs> I mean, Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> One. Okay. Yeah. And the, the, the two examples given here are all-time greats like Bowser and Kamek. Who cares about Kamek? Get out of here. I don't know that the question has any meaning whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, totally fair totally fair but like i said the entire interview was really good and i just you know we're just i just cherry picked the one thing out of there um that a lot of people had been talking about but the whole thing which probably drives the people who uh both did like administered the interview and the people who are being asked questions like absolutely crazy because it's not the most interesting thing that's in there so i recommend everybody um just the most inflammatory yes exactly exactly uh hey final fantasy crystal chronicles was originally released for the gamecube um and it could one of the big like standout features of it is that it could be played in local multiplayer but the way that you did it is each person had to have their own game boy advance and then you would use the game boy advance connector connect cable to plug it into the gamecube so everybody would really be like um viewing their own game boy advance screen while one person was controlling the action on um the tv so i guess like one of the things that i didn't know about the final fantasy crystal chronicles remaster that's coming out in august is that uh it won't have local local multiplayer just online which i actually think is a good trade-off nowadays um because especially because they're giving the free light version which will let you play the first three dungeons of the game for free but it includes like online crossplay with all the other platforms, including mobile. 
And uh, you can play all 13 dungeons for free if you're teaming up with somebody who has purchased the full game. So one person needs to buy the full game, then everybody else can play it online, which like we were talking about with um, uh, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, like this is the perfect time for a not yes. couch co-op game. Yeah, totally. And it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. Th- this means that it also doesn't have like local uh network play right like a, a lot of switch I would games you'll be so, able to yeah. do that um and i guess maybe maybe the the issue with that is like how do you do local network play uh like cross to a um to an iphone cuz it's also on mobile right mm, maybe yeah maybe yeah i don't know i guess i didn't think about that but like how would you do oh you're saying uh, like two Cause, switches cause do, that were like yeah. not necessarily that are just connected by like Bluetooth or something. Correct. Or yeah. well, it's not Bluetooth, but yeah, wh- whatever it is, it's the local network play. Because yeah. I know you can do uh, like local network play of uh, Splatoon and the you know a, a, a lot of Nintendo multiplayer games where they are connecting wirelessly uh, on like their own network, but not like pinging up to the internet to do it. Um, uh, and so I guess it's like a little bit of a bummer that that's not part of this. Um, but like if you if the matchmaking is like good and clear and easy and it means that you can do the the cross play on all the various platforms uh and also we're not in the same room as anyone anymore anyway so who cares <laughs> also uh shame shame on both of us cuz this is another game that's coming out uh on on Switch uh relatively shortly not published by Nintendo of course um and not even an exclusive one but still like a a, a notable release uh, Mario Kart Tour, the Mario Kart mobile game, is getting an update that will allow racers to play in landscape mode for the first time. Previously, you could only play in portrait mode, but uh, starting today, July 21st, you can play the game with your phone oriented horizontally. Uh, which is cool. Um, that's obviously how we play a lot of Mario Kart. Um, basically, anytime you're playing uh, Mario Kart single player on a console or handheld, you're getting that sort of... Uh, um, uh, panoramic perspective uh and whenever you're playing with the phone horizontally it always feels like you're you know doing like a four player split screen and you don't have enough like real estate to really see what's going on um i wonder if that changes um or if that messes it all with like the course design like are they designed are the courses designed to like see further down the track than you would in uh uh, uh landscape mode yeah that's interesting i feel like my memory of the game which i haven't played for a few months now um was that like not really um but i guess it seems like it would make it more comfortable to do like motion controls though to be able to hold it horizontally feels more like a wheel that way Mm -hmm. see if i can you know duct tape it to one of my old uh steering (laughs) wheels which i could probably do in portrait mode as well Uh, finally, we mentioned the past few weeks, um, we brought up that like Ring Fit Adventure is starting to get restocked more regularly in the U.S. And uh, the NPD sales figures that were released for June absolutely reflect that. I just thought this was pretty remarkable. So Ring Fit Adventure in June was the seventh best-selling game of the month um, wow. across all platforms. This is, of course, based on revenue, so it's boosted by that extra 20 bucks um, that you pay. But in May, the thing that's interesting is that in May, it was tracked at number 835. Woo! <laughs> Boy, that is... Uh, why even bother tracking at that point? Like, <laughs> you, 
You get to 500 and stop keeping track. I know. Get it, see, getting the full like NPD report would be so interesting to see like what games <laughs> would are like selling like dozens of copies because it seems like yeah, sure. you know it would like get down to that. Yeah, I'd be like, who's still buying Shovel Knight? <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. You should follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at NinCart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Hey, Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? <gasps> I love that. Yeah. What if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Campfire.